Welcome to the Dynasty Pulse Podcast. Your hosts, Nick Wagner and Joshua Johnson, have been described as not blowhards. Join them as they discuss the matters at the heart of the Dynasty community. From rookie advice to trade analysis, plant your flag here. This is the Dynasty Pulse, presented by DynastyFootballWarehouse.com. Welcome to the Dynasty Pulse Podcast. I am your host, Joshua Johnson. With me, as always, is Nick Hale to the Redskins. Wagner, Nick, what is up, buddy? Oh, not much, Josh. You know, we had the Pro Bowl announcements uh, made yesterday, and every year, of course, there's going to be snubs, and it's kind of dumb in the first place, but I couldn't believe that Sean Lee got snubbed. He was an absolute monster for that Dallas defense this year. So, yeah, I mean, when you have a Skins fan saying that a Cowboy got snubbed, you know it's pretty probably legit. Uh, on the flip side of that, uh, a lot of times when guys play for poor teams, they get overlooked. It was nice to see Joe Thomas get recognized with his 10th Pro Bowl bid. That uh, guy's been a great player on poor teams for a long, long time, so nice that Joe Thomas got recognition. Uh, yeah, I saw somebody posted today when the Lions went on 16. They didn't have a player make the Pro Bowl, so at least you got that, Cleveland, right? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, rough rough year there in Cleveland. Um, I did survive the weather, obviously, since I'm talking to you people today, in case you were wondering. I was only in the negative 25-degree sector of South Dakota where it was negative 58, about three hours north of me. So that's actual temperature, people. You cannot make that stuff up. Um, a little early. Usually that stuff happens in January or February. So, uh, uh, and today is the first day of winter. Happy winter solstice, Nick. Um, we have a great show planned for you today. Get to some week 15 notes here in a second uh, and some waiver fodder. And then we're going to hit it hard like we've been doing the last couple of weeks since this is really the uh, the Christmas slash championship edition of the Dynasty Pulse. Most reputable leagues have uh, has championships this week. So I, I, I made one myself. I think uh, Nick did as well, right? That is correct. I'm uh, trying to repeat as champion in one league. Wow. Uh, the real big news of the day is uh, Nick is going to officially be off of the market as of tomorrow afternoon. That's right. He is getting married. So congrats uh, to Nick. And I guess you can tell your lucky lady for me that she's stuck with you now. <laughs> All right. Will do. Thanks, Josh. Appreciate it. <laughs> uh, you had 30-plus years, ladies. Now, now, uh, now Nick's finally gone. So sorry. You had your chance. Uh, but let's get to some uh, Week 15 notes. Uh, what Anything stick out to you there, Nick? Well, first off, if you had the guts to start Ryan Matthews against that number one Baltimore run defense or Indianapolis' as a backup Robert Turman, congratulations. You're both wiser and braver than I am. Uh, Matthews, 128 <laughs> yards and a score. Uh, Turman with two touchdowns. Both of them on my bench in a tight matchup, but I still got the win. 
Uh, another week with cold weather games. So, of course, running backs won a lot of fantasy matchups. Uh, Shady McCoy, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, Devontae Freeman, uh, Jonathan Stewart, Le'Veon Bell, and David Johnson all had pretty decent outings. And then how about Ty Montgomery in Green Bay? 162 yards and two scores. I, I got to ask you, Josh, come this offseason, are you going to sell high or hold on to him? Do you think he's going to be the future back in Green Bay moving forward? <laughs> Uh, well, I bought high on him, but I, um, think, I think I would be smart to sell because I, with the running back class, you got to think they're going to address the situation. I mean, Eddie Lacy's a free agent. He's going to walk. Starks can't stay healthy. Um, and then there really isn't much, much left else. So, I mean, even if they decide to keep Montgomery as a running back, you know, he's not gonna, gonna be, you know, it's going to be a, either a timeshare or he's coming off the field in short yard situations. He's just not uh, not that type of player. Uh, somebody, I wish I had written this down, but somebody posted an awesome question on Twitter. I think it was maybe the Dynasty Economist at the Dynasty Economist. Is there any other wide receiver, Nick, in the league that you think that could translate into um, a running back like this? I, I kind of thought of like Odell and Jarvis Landry just because they have that shorter frame, you know, maybe even a guy like Josh Huff because they're, you know, that 5'11 type frame, but a solid 200 pounds. Anybody stick out to you? Well, the first one that comes to mind is Antonio Brown. He just seems like he's slippery enough to be able to do it. But I don't think he'd want to move an all-pro wide receiver to a running back to be a, you know, good running back. I, I think you'd uh, <laughs> a guy like you said, Josh, Josh Huff. That that's a guy who's you know you're not a stud wide receiver who might uh, get a little bump in production if he were to move to running back. So I would look at guys more towards the end of team depth charts. Yeah, you're not uh, you're not handed the ball to Antonio Brown up the middle. Say okay, run past Geno Atkins. <laughs> Hope he doesn't fall on you. <laughs> uh, Tyler Tyler Lockett is a guy that I thought of. He would be an awesome third down back, you know, lined up in the eye or, or lined up in the shotgun right next to Russell Wilson. I think, I think he could also, just because, you know, like you mentioned Montgomery, that's the conversation started with, but you also mentioned Brown. These are also guys that are return men. So they have to have slippery. They have to be, you know, elusive. They have to have that uh, lateral quickness. And I think those guys could translate really well. Um, Tom Savage. How about the Tom Savage storyline we have in Houston? Sounds like he's going to be their starter next week. Um, I think they still got to pay Osweiler the two more years. If obviously we don't know that Savage is the long-term answer there, but uh, quite the uh, story coming out of Houston, and I'm sure you've heard many people talk about it now, but uh, it's an interesting thing to happen right now is I'll just kind of roll into the waiver fodder here, Nick. If you're in a two-quarterback league, Nobody's even not even a two quarterback leagues. I mean, maybe some smart Osweiler owner was able to grab Savage a couple of weeks ago when you know things were really really crappy. But uh, if you're in a two quarterback league you're, and you need a quarterback, you're really getting a gift here with Savage. I was in a two quarterback league last year that I almost ran the table and I had quarterback issues the whole year. But thankfully, it was a full IDP, so I was able to recover in other areas but if you need a quarterback you you're potentially getting a nice gift as he visits Jacksonville don't you think yeah definitely and I don't know how much value he has moving forward into next season just because of all the money they're paying Osweiler I believe if they were to cut Osweiler it would be over a 20 million dollar cap hit so uh, that makes that pretty tough to do but but yeah for a short-term value gotta love Savage yeah and a, a correction that game is in Houston 
so even better. Uh, any any other waiver fodder that stood out to you there, Nick? Well, I would just make sure to spend your remaining dollars if you've got any left and any holes on your roster. Uh, if you're in a non-IDP league and you're playing for a title, are there any good defenses to stream? That would be the first thing I would look at because, you know, if you're playing for a title, you've probably got a pretty stacked roster already. Uh, if you're out of contention, maybe unload some older players for young guys, get a head start on the off season, but be smart about it, you know. Uh, look at a couple of receivers. Take Mike Wallace. He's 30 years old. He only had two 100-yard games this year, but if Steve Smith retires, he could end up being the wide receiver one conceivably in Baltimore and see an uptick in targets. So make sure they're older guys that are actually fading before swapping them out for unproven talent. Uh, Anquan Bolden could be a guy with little to no trade value in the offseason. At 36 years old, he had the worst yardage totals of his career. He's under 500 yards right now. He might not have much value moving forward. So he's a guy you could possibly unload. Oh, I don't know. I think Bolden's going to play forever. I love that guy. And i got to correct myself again. (laughs) Houston plays Chicago. I don't know where the hell the game's at. I'm all confused now. But uh, Houston plays Chicago this week. So still, still a uh, the matchup. Pretty sure Washington where plays I? Chicago this week. <laughs> where the hell am I, Nick? What What's going on? Excuse me. Houston plays Cincinnati. So maybe not the greatest matchup. But I still wrote, oh, my God. I am. I had something, something crossed there because I was prepared for – Oh uh, well, we'll get to. I guess we'll. I'll cross that bridge when it comes. I was prepared for a Cincinnati at Houston. Wow, I wrote something down. Run, that's for sure. Anyway, let's. Uh, I, I know I had the first couple of games right. I also wanted to throw out the name Byron Marshall. If you're in a really deep league and in a pinch, he got himself 11 touches there with a banged up RB core there for Philadelphia. So he's maybe a a consideration. A nice third down type of back that can really create with a uh, with some space. Um so Chicago's playing Washington. We're gonna we're gonna you're gonna start the first game and I'm gonna figure out what I did here, Nick. Um I think this isn't a game. The Giants are at Philadelphia tomorrow night, right? That is correct, yes. Okay. So you look at this one, uh, you know, Darren Sproles is probably back, so I'm trying to avoid all the running backs in this game, even Ryan Matthews coming off his big performance last week. And in New York Giants, the the running backs there are just as cloudy of a timeshare. Uh, Odell Beckham and Zach Ertz, I think both are the top options. But, you know, with weather possibly being a factor, I haven't looked at the forecast, but um, I think the only other wide receiver I'd trust other than Beckham is probably Sterling Shepard. Maybe Jordan Matthews if you need him, but I'm not rushing out to start him. Okay. Um, yeah, I think I don't know the actual injury status on uh, Janoris Jenkins. He was supposedly going to have some surgery, but he was get, he got uh, cleared of that. So I think if he plays here, he might be on J Matt, which not could be, not be good news, but that might be good news for uh, for the tight ends there, Ertz and Burton. Still really like Burton this offseason as a stash. He's probably a guy that's available in deeper leagues. Um, I think they're both very attractive again this week. Uh, DGB could be the dark horse if he plays. I know he's had some injuries, injury issues recently, but uh, he's another guy that could benefit from the from the Janoris Jenkins, J Matt uh, matchup there. Uh, Romeo Cork kind of had a nice game the first week back with JPP gone, had a little quieter last week, but he's he's a guy that they 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 like, and I think he's going to continue to see reps there for all on that defensive line there for the Giants. Uh, you know, just what I think I've finally done with Sterling, 
when I'm finally done recommending Sterling Shepard, especially now since it's crunch time. He scored a touchdown last week. So uh, I guess start at your own risk. I, I do like him, but I would certainly say uh, start at your own risk there. Um, Benny Logan is kind of starting to come on, but just because of the the not-so-great Giants run offense, I don't think you're going to see much from him or Fletcher Cox inside. Maybe Cox gets uh, – gets a sack, but uh, yeah, I don't like a whole lot of people on the on the Philly defense this week either. What do you think about Miami at Buffalo? Well, it's in Buffalo, so again, I'm assuming it's going to be cold, so I love the running backs, especially since both defenses are pretty weak against the run. Miami giving up 132 yards a game, Buffalo 126 yards a game, so JHI, uh, Shady McCoy, and even Gillespie, all pretty strong options. Uh, I do like Charles Clay at tight end as well as Jarvis Landry, but I'm probably going to avoid most of the other passing options here in this one. I just think it's going to be a very run-heavy game. Uh, yeah, good points there, um, especially since it's in Buffalo. Um, I think Tyrod, Tyrod is certainly a desperation option, but you could certainly do worse. Uh, Kaya Williams is really coming on. He's a great uh, defensive tackle option. I Probably a, a guy not available in your league, but if you were worried about the injuries, he, he came back through and had himself a pretty good season. Uh, Stephon Gilmore, I think he's a solid play. I also really like Deion Sims. He continues to uh, be be the man who scores touchdowns there for Miami, so maybe a short yardage touchdown from Deion Sims. And I think he's another, he's another tight end stash for me moving into the offseason. He's got uh, – I think he's in his third year, so he'll be entering his fourth year next year. Uh, just a, a a quality quality player that's slowly been brought along, and you know, with that tight end window or that tight end developmental period being the three years, he could be really turning the corner as a starting tight end there for Miami next year. Uh, Kenny Stills, I think he's kind of a desperate play. Of course, he had a big long touchdown last week. Um, Abdul Quaid is there for the defense. The defensive secondary for Miami. He's back wreaking havoc after a poor week the week before. Uh, interesting note: two uh, rookie Xavier Howard, excuse me, Xavier Howard, was back on the field for the first time since September 29th. Kind of just got his feet wet, but I expect more from him possibly versus uh, Sammy Watkins. Just a uh, that'd be a good matchup to watch there if that if that does take place. I know it's going to be cold there, but uh, they'll they'll certainly try a couple deep shots of Watkins, and I'd look for Howard maybe to be the man matched up on him. He had a really – he busted out of the gate there for the for the Dolphins and then got hurt. So, But I think if once he's got his feet wet last week, I think he could come back and have a good week. Um, so Washington at Chicago. I just wrote it as later on as Chicago versus Houston. So I totally – I totally – the pooch there, but I'll I'll get it figured out by the time we get there. Uh, so Washington at Houston, it is an actual game. What do you got? What do you got for us, Nick? Well, as much as I love Rob Rob Kelly, uh, I just can't trust him. Uh, Jay Gruden just abandons the run far too often, as what happened last week. Uh, I think all the passing game options are on the table for both teams, though. Uh, even though Chicago on paper has a pretty decent pass uh, uh, defense, sixth in the league, uh, only giving up 219 yards a game, I think the Washington passing attack is is strong enough to overcome that. Uh, and you look at last week, Chicago was coming off a game that had, where they had three receivers go over 85 yards. So, yeah, I love all the passing options in this game. Also, of course, Jordan Howard's a strong play. Uh, 
I was going to ask you about Howard, but you think you're able to run on that Washington defense, is that correct? Oh, definitely. I mean, you saw uh, Jonathan Stewart, who's what, 38 years old or something. <laughs> He's only 30, but still, he had a big, pretty big game uh, against that Washington defense that just can't seem to tackle very well lately. And I certainly like Howard a lot better versus Washington than I do against uh, Houston, which I <laughs> thought that was the case. Um, uh, I definitely think Rob Kelly's a, a great play. Um, just Rob Kelly right up to gut all day, baby. I think that's going to be a, a nice play. Uh, I like Crowder and Reed. I think they're really safe. Uh, Crowder let me down a little bit on Monday night, but uh, scored enough for me to win, so I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, I definitely think Cam- Cameron Meredith is a yes because, you know, we'll probably see Norman versus Jeffrey, and I, I don't like that matchup for Jeffrey. I think Norman, or Norman is – physical enough to disrupt Jeffrey. I know Jeffrey's big and a a specimen. I think he's kind of a, kind of a gentle giant, if you will. I don't think he does both press coverage. So I like, I like, uh, I like Meredith to maybe do some things against Breland. Daniel Brown, certainly a great ad for a tight end in a pinch. Um, Adrian Amos, I think he's probably the safest Bayer IDP wise. Um, Washington, what do you think about the Washington defenders, Nick? Anybody sticking out to you lately? I didn't have a chance to watch much of that game on Monday night. Anybody sticking out to you that could potentially be good? And I know Mason Foster's had doing okay. Anybody else? Uh, Foster's actually the name I was going to mention. Uh, with all the injuries that the Redskins have uh, suffered at their middle, middle linebacking core, uh, he's uh, put up some pretty decent numbers. Uh, other than that, uh, I mean, Chris Baker, if you really need a defensive end, he's made some plays here and there. He's uh, he's not a bad option, but, yeah, the, this is a defense that's very lacking in talent right now. Yeah, Whitner's been making some plays, too. He's been at least getting some good IDP stats there, so hopefully it's a with the injuries going on, hopefully it's a, it's a good, good for their depth moving forward there. But uh, I do like me some Baker. Uh, did you see the hit? I can't forget the guy's name, Everett, the hit on Sproles, the guy him the concussion, Nick. I didn't, you know, obviously it's Sproles and it was a, it was, it is what it is, but I just didn't think it was like, I don't think there was like malicious intent. Did you see that play a couple of weeks ago? Uh, yes, I did see the play, and I agree with you. It, was it an illegal hit? Yes, by the by the rules, it was illegal. But I don't think it was with ill intent, like you said. So, yeah, I just thought I thought oh, people were up in arms about it. I don't know. I just I don't know. I just thought it wasn't as bad as I initially thought it was going to be when I heard about it. Uh, we got for San Diego at Cleveland. Talk about a who cares game, huh? Uh, who cares game, but it could be a high-scoring affair. Uh, Cleveland's giving up 29 points a game, San Diego 26. That's uh, both of them bottom five in the league. Um, assuming Melvin Gordon's out, I think Farrow should do better than the 39 yards he had on the ground last week. Uh, I expect to be, uh, Cleveland to be trailing and throwing because that's pretty much what they do every week. So Duke Johnson would be uh, probably a safer play than Isaiah Crowell. Uh, I'd be a little hesitant to recommend uh, Williams or Inman for San Diego just because, I mean, they could throw the ball, ball only 10 times and still probably come away with a win. Uh, I'm also sitting Terrell Pryor. It's just those wide receivers with injured hands scare me. Uh, I don't want a repeat of what happened with Sammy Coates when he hurt his hand uh, a while back and then was purely used as a decoy. So I'd probably try to stay away from Pryor if I could. Uh, yeah, good points there. I, the only person I really like on Cleveland right now, I mean, I guess Robert Griffin's running for touchdowns again, but I think Crowell could have a good game. Uh, we, uh, 
Oakland rushed for 140 yards against this San Diego defense last week. And like I said, with me being out a few weeks ago, they they are vulnerable up the middle. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Crowell averages five yards a carry. Maybe he only gets five carries, but I think he could. I think he could have a have a decent day if Cleveland gets a lead and they can lean on that running game. I think they could. I think they could pull this out. Um, I really don't like Philip Rivers in this game, um, uh, just just because of the cold. And I wonder how how he traditionally does in the cold. But it just doesn't seem like a good matchup for me. Uh, I like Kirksey over Jamie Collins this week. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, it seems like. Where Collins maybe took a little bit of step back after that trade go, coming over to Cleveland, Kirksey took a huge step forward because Collins is now on the same field. So he's having a hell of a year. Uh, I from Campbell has been doing some good things for the Cleveland in the back end as well. Uh, Jelani, a guy, man, this guy, he's been hurt most of the year, but man, he has come back with a vengeance and it's just a huge part of this back end of the San Diego. Do you really like him? Um, I think Melvin Ingram may be over Joey Bolson this week. Um, we'll see which of them is going up against uh, Joe Thomas because I think they like to move both of those guys around. But uh, I think Ingram might might uh, might find himself in the backfield more than Bosa. Um, yeah, again, I just wanted to mention Crowell. I think he could be a nice start for people if you're considering somebody in your flex. I know he's not a big pass catcher, but I, I see a short yardage touchdown coming out of Crowell from this game. Uh, what do you think about uh, Minnesota at Green Bay? Might be the coldest place uh, in the NFL on Sunday or Saturday. Excuse me. Well, I think this is a game where you throw out the season-long statistics. Uh, Minnesota defense is basically a shell of what they were early in the season. Uh, Kyle Rudolph's probably the only uh, Viking that I want. Uh, you look at Stephon Diggs, only two catches for 13 yards last week. He's been playing through injuries all year, so I'd be a little hesitant to use him. Um, I, you know, I honestly, I don't downgrade the Green Bay Packers players for weather as much as I do with other teams just because they're so used to playing in the cold. So I think I would still start most of their offensive weapons. I just wouldn't expect huge 40 point games for many of them, but they're still probably start worthy. Uh, yeah, and they like to spread it out a bunch. There's so many guys that touch the ball on that team. Um, I don't like AP in this game. I just, I think they'll they'll key on him, and I just, just don't think he's fully there. I'd hate for you to depend on AP. It seems like you should be able to, but I'd just hate for you to depend on him in a big game like this, especially championship week. Uh, Kendrick's definitely a yes. Obviously, he's a solid LB1. Anthony Barr, he, he's a maybe. Um, Joe Thomas, the uh, the linebacker, not the tack, excuse me, not the tackle, the linebacker for Green Bay, has been putting together a nice season. Has been kind of hot as of late, so he's certainly a name I would look at there if you need somebody along the waiver wire at linebacker. And I, I think uh, Jake Ryan will probably ask to. Uh, to uh, mirror Adrian Peterson and the, and the running game, so maybe he has a big game with the lots of tackles. So I like that both sides. I like that off to that side of the ball. Excuse me for Green Bay. Uh, man, I got a lot of notes for a game that is a hor- horrible spread. Nick, what do, you, what do you think about the Giants at New England? Uh, you mean the Jets at New England? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Yes. Sorry. Um, well, this is another one where I'd throw those season-long stats out the window. Uh, New England is only only has a one-game lead for home field advantage in the playoffs, so they definitely still have something to play for, something you can't always say uh, in, in Week 16 for Patriots players. Uh, well, the Jets appear to have given up on the season weeks ago. Uh, LeGarrette Blunt and Deion Lewis both had over 15 carries last week. I feel uh, okay about playing either of those guys. And, of course, all of Tom Brady's options in the passing game are probably worth a flyer. Um, if Forte uh, ends up missing the game, he's got some nerve damage going on in his shoulder, I think then uh, Bilal Powell would be a decent option, but he's probably the only Jets player that I would uh, that I would be, feel comfortable with. Yeah, I didn't – I was thought about using Powell last week, and I couldn't do it. And I, you always feel a little bit of a – I always feel okay when I lose a game, and I know – even if there was a bench move or two I could have made and I still would have lost, I feel okay with that. So it's, it ultimately wouldn't have made a difference if I would have had it in my lineup anyway. So I, I like to know that when I lose, at least, at least there wasn't a move that I could have made to come out to come out on top. It just was even with an optimal lineup, I could I couldn't have done it. So I took a little bit of solace in that. But yeah, I like Powell as well in this game. Uh, Rontez Miles taken over from Marcus Gilchrist. They were at free safety for the Jets. Certainly had a good game. Uh, responded with five solos and assist. Uh, Calvin Pryor, who I told everybody just to get rid of, uh, came back with four solos and three assists. So a, a nice a nice game for both safeties there for uh, the Jets. And I think, you know, we, we know if Patriots like to throw it at the middle, so they could, they could both have good games again. I do see Deion Lewis heating up, but I just don't trust it. I mean, do they really need Deion Lewis to do anything to win this game? I really don't think so. I think they just need to hand it to Blunt, you know, 25 times and just cruise to victory. That's all they really need to do. I think Martellus Bennett could actually take advantage of the inexperience at the second and third level for the Jets. So he's he's a he's a play, he's a guy that I could see him having one of those you know two short yardage touchdown games out of. Um, also, now is the time, I think, to to sit rookies. Uh, but if you're desperate, Darren Lee or Jerron Lee, whatever you want to say, is a decent three LB3 or four option this week. He's He's been dinged up most of the year. He's finally healthy, and he's making some plays. And with, you know, some the Jets just kind of seeing what they have for the future of the defense, they're, let, they're letting him stay out there and make some plays. So I really like uh, – rookie linebacker Lee there for the Jets this week. Uh, Nick, what do you think about Atlanta at Carolina? Well, the big name here is Julio Jones. Is he going to play? Is he not? I think if he does play, you're probably going to start him unless you're really deep at receiver, but it is very risky. Uh, Could just be used as a decoy in his first game back from injury. Uh, Carolina's run defense is ranked third in the NFL, only giving up 85 rushing yards a game, but that's not scaring me away from Freeman or Coleman. I think the chance of a touchdown is high enough to offset the, the, the questionable matchup. Uh, and both quarterbacks, I think, are good, as is Greg Olson, of course, but you, you already knew that, obviously. But, yeah, another game, Cam Newton had a 300-yard game last week. I, I do like him as well as Matt Ryan again this week. Yeah, you know, we talked about, talked about uh, Jake Ryan, Mir, and AP earlier. I wonder if Atlanta does some type of thing with a, with a spy, like maybe Deion Jones is the, the spy to keep make sure that Cam uh, Cam doesn't take off in this game. Uh, yeah, like you said, Julio, even if he plays, don't know if he's going to be a, a factor. And Unfortunately for you, if you're in redraft or 
dynasty startup, you probably took this guy in the first round, expecting he was going to be a guy that you could count on, you know, to win you a championship. But it's just kind of a, a sad reality where you're at right now, that knowing that you did whatever you needed to do to acquire Julio this off season, and now and now here you are, crunch timing, and you can't use him if you got this far. It just sucks. I like uh, Tevin Coleman over Freeman. Freeman had a nice bounce back week, but I think Coleman might be a better play this week. Um, you said both quarterbacks, Nick. What's, let's make the decision. What do you think Matt Ryan versus Cam Newton in this game? Um, I think I'm going to have to go with Matt Ryan, especially if Julio Jones plays. But even if he doesn't, uh, both pass defenses are pretty bad. Uh, Carolina's got the worst pass defense in the league, 274 yards per game. Uh, Atlanta's isn't much better, giving up 267 yards a game. So, like I said, it's a good matchup for both. But I just think uh, Matt Ryan's got more weapons around him, plus his team has more to play for. So, I'll go with Ryan. Okay. Um, What do you think about – Ted Ginn versus a, couple, a friend is asking me a couple questions today. Uh, Ted Ginn versus Tyreek Hill. Looking at like a, a flex play and half point PPR. What do you think about Tyreek Hill versus Ted Ginn? I'm going to have to go with Tyreek Hill, but I, I should throw up this disclaimer that out of the players that I do not have on any of my rosters, Tyreek Hill is one of my favorites. So I, I am a little partial to him. I, I really like what he's done this year. But yeah, definitely would go with, with Hill. Okay. Um, yeah, I I would like to think that um, Hill is definitely a more a part of their offense. Like, he gets rushes every week and gets touches. But actually, Ted Ginn has been touching the ball quite a bit this last couple months. So it, it might be a little closer than people think. But uh, I just feel like there's more opportunity. And I feel like even though Ginn gets some touches, Hill is certainly a part of that offense more so than Ginn is in Carolina. So I think if you're starting Ginn, it's a little bit risky because you're really dependent on that one big play, that one 50-yard reverse or that one 60-yard touchdown pass, which could happen, but I think it's a little more risky to start uh, Ginn over Hill. Um, another question, Nick, I wanted, wanted to ask you here, kind of the middle point. Is there, I guess, I don't know where you're at, or if your team is best alive is IDP, but uh, – Maybe more so offense. Is there any rookies that you are depending on this week in your starting lineups? Um, no, there are not. And, and yeah, <laughs> you said it earlier. It, it'd be tough for me to depend on a rookie in this in crunch time. Obviously, if you have Ezekiel Elliott or somebody like that, you have no problem starting. Yeah. But yeah, for the most part, it, it's tough to start a rookie in championship week. Yeah, there's there's Elliott, you know, and even. Even these guys that are coming on, like, you know, Deion Bush had a really good game last week for Chicago at that safety. It's just hard to trust that. And, and maybe he's in there because of injury. Maybe he has a great game, but it's hard to trust that. Um, I do want to say that Nick was right. I had him way back in mid-August. I had him uh, grade one of my one of my startups this, this year. And uh, he, really, he really got after me about uh, not having a better – a better tight end. I drafted APE, and he thought I should maybe. So it looked like I had I was trying to build a little bit for the future, but really trying to win now with this team in the startup. And he got after me for not having a solid tight end. And I said, "Hey, I got Clive Walford, man. I'm going to be okay." And obviously, that's not the case. So, long story short, uh, that league where I am in a championship, I am starting Austin Hooper 
this week. So I thought we should maybe talk about that around this game. But uh, so a couple touchdowns for Hooper, please, Mr. Ryan. I'll take that very much. Uh, so the one rookie I have to depend on, and Nick told me it was going to be an issue, and I uh, I didn't listen. So here I am. So hopefully that's not uh, my Achilles heel exposed in, in this week. But uh, that's the rookie I am depending on. Uh, where were we? Matt Ryan versus Cam Newton. Um, I do like what you're saying about the more the more weapons around it, but I think maybe the fact that Cam runs a little bit helps. And this is also the game that Cam left last time they played, and, and Derek, Derek Anderson. So I, I think I maybe would lean Cam in this game just because we know Julio's not at full strength. And Cam does – counteract the weapon things the fact that he runs a little bit so i think i think i'd go with cam um beasley had zero sacks the first time these two teams played even though it, uh atlanta kind of blew him out i i expect that to change right they, they he's gotten more comfortable in what they're trying to do with him and they move him all over you know we're going to see a beasley's remmers matchup at some point in time so i think i think beasley could be a big factor there uh, like i said earlier obviously the rookies neil and jones are decent guys, decent starts they're on the Atlanta defense. Um, KK Short could be a, a guy to play if Atlanta gets a lead in this game and tries to really pound the pound the rock with Freeman. He's he's a guy that likes to get tackles there in the middle for uh, for Carolina. Uh, Shaq Thompson, you know, we just he's such a good player. We just haven't seen those huge breakout stats IDP wise yet. So he's he's. I said I said it's maybe time for him now. It's maybe. I'm peeling back a little bit on that, but he certainly is still a guy to keep on, keep on your roster because the future is bright for him. Uh, Tennessee at Jacksonville. Nick, what do you think? Well, Blake Bortles last week was under 100 yards versus Houston, so even with a juicier matchup, I can't recommend any of the Jaguars, i, I got to be honest. Uh, of course, DeMarco Murray's a must-start, as well as Richard Matthews, uh, and I also like Derrick Henry's chance for getting a touchdown this week. So, yeah, I like the, <clears throat> like the Tennessee offense, and even though the Tennessee uh, defense, pass defense is fourth worst in the NFL, giving up 266 yards a game, I just feel like it's too risky to roll with any of those Jacksonville receivers. Okay, yeah, it's you just never know who's gonna Hearns and A Rob in your lineup and some dude named Walters will catch a touchdown pass. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, Blake Bortles Blake Bortles, seriously, that was like a Brock Osweiler type of game last week. That was brutality. Uh and they get I love that fact that they got the ball back with under a couple minutes and the first play from scrimmage he chose the pick and just like, Oh my gosh. Uh, get Gus Bradley out of here. And, oh, yes, yeah, guess what they did. Uh, they said, uh, find yourself your own ride home because you're fired. Uh, maybe that was mean. What do you think about uh, this is a decision I have to make. It's a third-place game, but it's a decision I have to make, Nick, below Powell or A-Rob. Old PPR. Well, obviously, if you're asking which one I'd rather have on my roster, it's Allen Robinson, but who I'm playing this week, it's Blau Powell, uh, provided Matt Forte misses the game. If Forte were to play, I would probably lean Robinson. Yeah, yeah, and you know what? The Jets have nothing to play for. No reason to play Forte, right? So, uh, uh, I think you should definitely start your Titans wide receivers, but I, I wonder if we're going to see uh, – Delaney Walker get uh, matched up Jalen Ramsey. That would be a, a good move potentially by Jacksonville because 
let's face it, the passing game runs through the tight end first. So that that could be good news for Rashard Matthews and uh, Kendall Wright, potentially, but uh, maybe bad news for Delaney Walker owners. Um, I do like Malik Jackson along the front, and obviously if you own guys like Cyprian and Paul Pazlisny, uh Telvin Smith, you're probably playing them. Um, Avery Williamson, you know, I would say every week he's an LB2, but he kind of had a quiet week last week, and, and maybe he's a, a guy be, just because of the game flow might have another quiet week here. I know he's a he's a solid LB, LB1 option most weeks, but maybe he's, not a, maybe he's not a play there this week for us. Uh, uh, Tennessee, and I love the fact that they're using Kevin Byard and Blitzpaxes, the rookie from uh, Middle Middle Tennessee State. I think he's he's got a, a really bright future, and I think I think if they're they could use him in some confusing packages with the uh, with the interim coach and whatnot, and take advantage of uh, Jacksonville. So I like I like him as a play as well. Uh, Indianapolis at Oakland, Nick. What do you think? Uh, I really like uh, the options in this game. You're looking at probably pretty decent weather, at least compared to most other games. Uh, you got two below-average defenses, and both teams have a lot on the line. So I would think I would start any player who's starting for either team. I think it's going to be a competitive game and a shootout. Uh, Frank Gore is coming off a 100-yard game. Robert Turbin, the two touchdowns last week. So, yeah, I like pretty much everybody in this one. Hmm. Yeah, I think Mac's going to go mad in this game with that offensive line. I think Cleo Mac's going to have some good things, especially since he didn't get a how a whole bunch of QB pressures, but didn't get a sack last week. Him off, so Oak or excuse me, the Colts don't want to see that. Uh, Crabtree and Cooper seem like they should be great plays. Um, hopefully, Carr's able to continue to get past that that finger issue. Uh, Pinky, I believe it is. Rookie safety T.J. Green. Uh, maybe he's a single high thwarter. Maybe he's the guy coming over the top to help help in this one. So he's he made some plays last week. I'd like to see that continue this week. Uh, he's certainly a guy you can roll out there in a pinch. Uh, I think Latavius Murray's certainly safe. Jalen Richard, a pinch uh, PPR flex type of play. I think he's got a nice floor now. You know that that six point floor I think is pretty pretty safe to say with uh, Richard in this game. I like Frank Gore, but man, Turbin touched on vulture this guy twice last week. It's just so so frustrating when you know he's got a hundred yards, but Turbin got two you know twelve twelve points for doing you know two plunges. That's just that's frustrating to see. Um, uh, conversely, I think uh, Philip Dorsett might have his biggest game of the year in this game. I think they don't really have their dinged up in the secondary for Oakland, and they don't really have a, an answer for a speedy slot guy. And even if they're at full strength, you know, Sean Smith struggles against the smaller guys if he has to match up with him. Um, T.Y. obviously could have a really big game too because that's just, that's just not uh, not the, the type of wide receivers they match up well against. You know, I think Oakland kind of built their defense to match up against uh, – bigger wide receivers and that's just those small guys we they the really really struggle with so uh san francisco at la in their divisional who cares game dick well 
yeah, I mean, Todd Gurley, I think, is a decent play. San Francisco's run defense has given up 176 yards per game. That's worse by 20 yards in the NFL. And Carlos Hyde had, is playing pretty decent lately. Uh, so I think I would go, go ahead and roll with both the running backs, but L.A. is likely going to be down to Sean Mannion at quarterback. I can't trust anybody else on either team, really. I I know it's probably not going to be a 6-3 to three type of game, but still, I'm just, I'm just avoiding everybody. In a championship matchup, I can't trust anybody else in this one. Uh, I did see golf practiced in full. Uh, man, did you see that play where he got Cole Cox by uh... – Sure, I mean, it was a legal hit and everything, and it was just so funny how, like, Goff kind of rolled out, and he's like, oh, I'm just going to get the first down. And then he's like, he saw the end zone, he's like, oh, my gosh, I could score a touchdown. And then all of a sudden, oh, where's Richard? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was that was pretty awesome. Uh, but uh, he practiced in full, I saw today. So maybe that's, maybe that's a good sign. Maybe he gets back out there. Um, I think you know, you say you're avoiding people, but this is this is the Todd Gurley week, right? San Francisco can't stop the run. What is LA going to do? But just hand him the ball so many times. That this, I think Gurley owners can rejoice if you made it this far. You could throw him in your lineup with confidence. Got to play Gurley. Uh, Kenny Britt. I think no matter who's playing quarterback, maybe he has a game. If it, Gurley's really setting up that that defense well, I think he's he could be a play. You know, definitely like a wide receiver five option, but I got I got no problem putting him out there. They'll find him. Uh, Kaepernick's kind of a middling fringe starter, you know, maybe towards the bottom side of a, you know, top 12 in your 12-team league, just because what he can do, you know, with the football in his hands. I am sitting Carlos Hyde in this game. Uh, just that, that, front, that front of the Rams is, is so solid. They just they know how to eat you up, and that's just not going to be good news for Hyde. Uh, Mark Barron, Bethea, and uh, Kursky Tart, I think they're all safe defensive plays in this game. So even even in those low-scoring games, I think you can count on count on those guys, certainly for your defense. Uh, probably, not, probably not a good week for you to be on Aaron Donald last week. Huh? I expected a little bit more out of him, but, of course, that's a tough matchup against Seattle, right, Nick? Oh, definitely. And I mean, any any time you're expecting a huge game from a defensive tackle, you're likely to be left wanting, even one as talented as Donald. <laughs> yeah, yeah, most definitely. Um, Tampa at New Orleans. What do you think? Uh, you know, I view this game a lot in the same way I viewed uh, Indianapolis-Oakland. I think it's a high probability for a shootout. Uh, Drew Brees is at home, so he's money, uh, so no problem starting all of his weapons. And I also like the Tampa Bay passing attack. Uh, Cameron Brait and Humphreys are pretty good flyers. Obviously, you're starting Mike Evans. Uh, I'm not so high on Doug Martin, but you could do worse at running back. He does get a pretty heavy workload, even though he doesn't seem to produce a lot of yards out of it. And, of course, I like both New Orleans running backs as well. See, you know, we thought that last time, and this was like a 16-11 to 11 game. Um, obviously, they're on the faster track now in New Orleans. So that that could be a big factor. Uh, I think Evans and Winston will bounce back after having that quiet game. Uh, the Saints only rushed for 46 yards against Tampa last time. So, that, I, I, I don't know. I think if I have to choose one, I think Hightower gets a TD plunge, but I just don't like Ingram at all in this game. I think they have enough. They have enough on the edges there for Tampa to slow 
to slow Ingram down. I know he's been a big pass catcher this year, but I don't think that's, you know, he might have a decent PPR floor, but I just don't really see much ceiling out of him. Uh, Keith Tandy, the safety for Tampa, is hot right now. He's a guy that I would certainly, if I owned him, play him. Von Bell is the same way for for New Orleans. He's really blossoming here throughout the year. Um, the Bucks secondary versus the Saints wide receivers. That's that's such a great battle. You're talking Grimes, Verner, and Hargreaves versus Cooks, Sneed, and Michael Thomas. That's just that's such a great matchup to watch those six go at it. Um, who's going to take advantage? I think, you know, maybe because they have already played once just a couple weeks ago, maybe the the biggest advantage in that game, in that matchup of those six, is Drew Brees. Maybe he knows what he needs to do to get his players open. So that, but uh, all all those matchups match up so well. So uh, I think I think I would probably put my hand on Michael Thomas if I had to pick one guy to have the best out of the Saints wide receiver. Nick, what do you think? Uh, I think I would lean Brandon Cooks, but like I said earlier, they're all good options. Even Willie Sneed's probably a pretty decent uh, wide receiver three or four for you. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully we see a lot, a lot of points in this game. Those big point games usually have such huge fantasy ramifications. Um, Arizona at Seattle. Yeah, this was an easy one for me. You're starting David Johnson and Larry Fitzgerald uh, for Seattle. Doug Baldwin and Jimmy Graham are pretty good plays. Tyler Lockett's probably decent as well. He's been coming on as of late. Uh, I'm not really high on Thomas Rawls. He's been trending down this season. He had a season-high 21 carries last week, but only mustered 34 yards out of that. That's 1.6 yards per carry. Plus, he's only scored in one game all season long, so I'm probably going to avoid Rawls. But, uh, yeah, the guys that I mentioned before, they're all pretty solid starts, I would think. Most definitely. You know, what's coming into this game, though, Nick, is Arizona's out of playoff contention. And Seattle's Seattle's all but clinched. So, I mean, neither one of these teams really care about this game. I agree with you, Thomas Rawls. It's a lost cause at this point. Um, Obviously, nobody would ever in their right mind do this. And uh, I I certainly don't have the, the cojones to do it, but would you the idea of sitting David Johnson in this game? I just don't know because of you know need the team really caring. I don't, but I also don't think Seattle is going to lay down. And why you know why give David Johnson thirty touches in essentially a meaningless game for Arizona when the Seattle defense the game is in Seattle. The one motivation Seattle does have is the tie that these two teams endured last last time they played. Um, it sounds like a ludicrous idea, Nick, but, uh, I mean, nobody's going to do it, but just, just, I'm just throwing it out there. What do you think? Uh, in a PPR league, there's no way I would sit him. He's involved in the passing game enough where I think he's got a safe enough floor. Uh, if you're in a standard league, maybe you could think about it if you had, you know, really, really solid running back course. So you got uh, DeMarco Murray and Le'Veon Bell, and somehow you ended up with David Johnson on top of that. Then maybe, maybe you could sit him in a standard league, but still, I, he's too talented of a player for me to ever sit, really. He's, he's, he got Antonio Brown status in my mind. Yeah, yeah, no, that that total that totally makes sense. It's just I don't be surprised. I just want to throw that out there. I think Lockett over Doug Baldwin in this game is certainly a nice play. Um, Theo Moore is like on his 
12th team in two years. <laughs> and all of a sudden he comes through and has like eight solo tackles for Arizona last week. So maybe he's a decent play in a pinch. Um, Minter always safe, but he's really sexy there in the middle for Arizona. I think Cam Chancellor and Bobby Wagner might be spy number one and number two on the first and second level there for DJ. So that's another reason why I'm just not totally on his bolt this week. Uh, but like Nick said too, if you're sitting DJ, you are have the you have the biggest balls in the world, and you better be damn well <laughs> sure that you have somebody to put in there to to uh, that's going to record better better stats. Nick said, like Nick said, that PPR floor is just so nice there with David Johnson. Uh, David, I said Marcus Golden over Chandler Jones. Couple weeks ago, I think that's going to be the case again because I see Calias Campbell really coming on and moving the pocket towards towards Golden in this game. So I, I I like those guys there on the, on the defense, and I think Chancellor should have a big game. He's he's a big name for DBs, but he's not always a great IDP play, and I think that's not the case this week. I think he's a good play. All right, the game I totally screwed up. I wrote it as Chicago versus Houston, so I'll let I'll let you go first and try to figure some things out here. Nick, Cincinnati at Houston, the Tom Savage versus the Red Rifle Bowl. Well, uh, you got to keep an eye on Lamar Miller in practice this week. Uh, if he plays, he's a starter. If he's out, I think Alfred Blue would be a pretty decent sleeper. Uh, Hopkins and the tight end Ryan Griffin both had eight catches last week. Uh, you know, Tom Savage is a definite upgrade over Osweiler, so it helps those guys. Uh, I'd be a little hesitant to use most Bengals other than Tyler Eifert and Jeremy Hill. Uh, A.J. Green maybe is back this week, but, he, you know, again, just like Julio Jones, if he's back, he could be used as a decoy. If he doesn't play, then I do like Brandon fell though um the guy i mentioned ryan griffin there at tight end he's a guy that in your championship game you said you're uh, rolling out with uh, austin hooper he's a guy you might look to see if he's available on wires he's available in a lot of leagues and putting up pretty good numbers over the last month griffin yeah ryan griffin now that i believe cj oh. fedorowicz is out i know he, he didn't catch a ball last week if he played okay there is nobody available in that league. I'll, t- I'll just tell you that much. <laughs> uh, this that league that I'm in a championship. It, it's like 35 man rosters, offense only, 12 teams. It's yeah. It's, there is nobody available in that wow. league. I mean, it's you should you should see <laughs> you should see the players <laughs> that I'm rostering. Um. Uh. But uh, yeah. My other tight ends are like Jermaine Gresham, Trey Burton. And Walford, so yeah. Oh, I think I still have Larry Donnell. That's how bad it is. I'm still rostering Larry <laughs> Donnell because he would be he would be one of the top top options in the waiver wire if I let him go. Um, you know, I was carrying like some of those third and fourth wide receivers for Denver for a while. Yeah, it's it's a it's a brutally huge league. Um, but hey, I made the championship, so I can't complain there. Uh, so. I, I hear what you're saying. Eifert's a good play. Uh, I like Griffin. I think even if Miller plays, I don't think I would trust him. I think he's gonna he's gonna see limit limited touches even if he does play. I think he's more more or less in there to make the defense think. If if he's officially out, I I, I like. I like Blue because he does he does run between the tackles really well. But I think that could be good news for uh, obviously perfect Atkins up the middle there for for Cynthia. Um, I really like uh, 
Quentin Demps, he's coming on for safety there for Houston. He's coming on really well in this game. Uh, he's and both, you know, as much as I would love to recommend LaFell and, and Boyd, the, the the talent on on the in the cornerbacks for the for Houston is so immense. Nobody talks about them. You know, everybody wants to talk about how bad Osweiler is. Yet this team is making the playoffs because Kareem Jackson and Jonathan Joseph are amazing cornerbacks, and AJ Bowie is not too bad himself. They're nickelback. Maybe that always doesn't always translate IDP wise, but because you, if Green is out in this game, you know you're going to have to look at you're going to have to look at all your options and explore, and and that that might translate into some really good fantasy stats for one of those guys. I think it would probably be Kareem Jackson because he's he's certainly a, maybe just a step behind Jonathan Joseph, but they're they're such talented players, and if this if this team was doing some great things on offense every week, they they were, I think their defense would actually get more press, ironically. Uh, so, yeah, don't – and I don't like Jordan Howard against Houston. But anyway, <laughs> uh, Baltimore at Pittsburgh. This this game actually has kind of that same luster it always has, Nick. Both teams are looking at the top of the division. What do you think? Yeah, it should be a great game, but probably not a, a great fantasy game. It's going to be cold. you got two top ten defenses and as far as scoring is concerned. Uh, of course, Le'Veon Bell is active enough in the passing game to offset the Baltimore's number two run defense. Plus, look at the fact that the unit couldn't stop Ryan Matthews last week. Uh, Antonio Brown, of course, I'd never sit. His upside is just way too high. Uh, I would maybe think about playing Terrence West in the PPR league, uh, but I'm probably sitting Mike Wallace just because he's a deep threat in that cold weather that could affect the passing game. Uh, Eli Rogers, he's too up and down for me to trust in the championship game. Uh, I think if Ladarius Green is out with a concussion this week, then Jesse James becomes a playable tight end, though. Yeah, yeah, definitely a guy that you, you, if you should consider on your waiver wire. Um, yeah, that's that's not good news for the Ladarius Green. Uh, we, he, you know, there was talk if he had another concussion, he could have to retire. So, you know, maybe wait until trade trade lines open up again in in February or something like that. He's he's certainly a guy that I would look to to move on. You know, build a little bit on that uh, success that he had there. But he's not a guy that I have a lot of faith in moving forward. Unfortunately, I think Flacco's a fringe twelve team starter. Way too much upside with Big Ben to bench him. Uh, keep riding Sean Davis, man. This guy, another rookie. It's okay to start these defensive rookies, man. He is all over the place making plays. And with as many weapons as I like to throw to in Baltimore, he's bound to be making some plays in this game. Zach Orr had a down game last week, but don't panic. I think he'll be just fine, especially we know that their Pittsburgh's going to try to run the ball as much as possible. Uh he got you here. You just got to stick with him. Brandon Williams is also a safe play, a defensive tackle there for Baltimore. Not a sexy guy, but hey, had six tackles last week. How many other defensive tackle had six tackles last week? He should. Uh, Mike Wallace, I think, is a very solid option. I think we'll see. Uh, we'll see uh, the focus shift to stopping Steve Smith, and maybe that means Wallace is the. You know, he guys always get up to play their former team too, so maybe he's a nice play. Uh, Steve to it, you know. Wouldn't have thought this two months ago, but he's just not a trustworthy piece at this point. I think his future's still bright, but he's just not a trustworthy player there along that defensive line for Pittsburgh. What do you got for Denver at Kansas City, Nick? 
Well, we got another cold weather matchup with two top ten scoring defenses, but both of these defenses are actually in the bottom six against the run, uh, both giving up uh, over 124 yards a game. So I think Spencer Ware and dare I say maybe even Justin Forsett could be a good play. Uh, last week Forsett had ten carries to Booker's six, so looks like he might be. You know, it's not without risk, that's for sure, but it looks like he might be the lead back moving forward. Uh, Trevor Simeon last week had a uh, 284 yards in the cold, but still, if I can, I'm gonna. Pro- Probably sit uh, sit Thomas. I, I think I would start Emmanuel Sanders over to Marius Thomas just because of the Marcus Peters effect. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I was going to mention that same thing there with uh, Sanders over DT. Uh, uh, Spencer Ware is a must start. You could run the ball in Denver. Um, I think Travis Kelsey should eat, but I'm just I'm just I don't know something in the back of my mind doesn't doesn't sit right there. Four set, I mean, like you said, Nick, I don't think it's crazy to think about that, but I just <laughs> I would like to see the guy that wins the championship this year with four set in their lineup. It just it just doesn't seem like somebody you want to put out there. No no disrespect, it's just it seems like a risky move. Um, Ramik Wilson and DJ Alexander, still great dependable options. Uh, how about seventh round 2014 pick Corey Nelson, really, really doing some good things and in the middle there for Denver with Brandon Marshall out. Todd Davis as well. Both those guys kind of vanilla names, but very, very solid players there uh, for Denver. And then I think Cleveland or excuse me, Kansas City will try to run the ball, so I really like both those middle linebackers for Denver again. Uh, TJ Ward, uh, maybe he's on Kelsey, and maybe that hurts hurts both of their values, but I think that could also – that could also be the same case for Tariq Hill versus uh, Bradley Roby. That uh, we we know how much they like to move Hill around, but uh, we'll see who they, who they match up with them. You know, they, I don't think they want Tariq Hill to to endure the the wrath of uh, T.J. Ward. So maybe I think they'll try to keep him away. But that means gonna it's gonna mean somebody's gonna else is gonna have to match up with them. So I think. As much as I, I love those middle linebackers for Denver, I don't really think I could recommend anybody else. Uh, Kansas City likes to play it safe, too, so that there's not always that big threat of a turnover. So uh, Detroit at Dallas. What do you think there, Nick? Well, I think if Theo Riddick plays, I, I would trust him in a PPR league, but I'm not touching any other Detroit running back against that now number one ranked uh, Dallas run defense, only giving up 80, 80 uh, rushing yards per game. Uh, I like, but I don't love Des Bryant and Cole Beasley. I, I think I'd be okay with Jason Witten, too, but he has been kind of boomer bust in recent weeks. He's had games of both zero catches, and then last week he had ten catches. So he he's not as consistent as he used to be in his career, that's for sure. Uh, I think the Detroit passing options are probably okay, as the team's unlikely to be able to stop Ezekiel Elliott in the Dallas offense, since pretty much nobody other than the Giants has been able to all year. So they're probably going to have to play catch up the Lions, so I think I'd be okay with their, with their passing options. Options. You, even Anquan Bolden, after his down week last week, I think he. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he finds the end zone in this one. Okay. Um, yeah, I feel the same way. I can. I like the passing options, but I don't like. I don't like Stafford in this game. I just that finger obviously was bothersome. Obviously, it's not going to be as cold inside in Dallas as it was at New York last week. But I just. I really worry about Stafford moving forward, so I just don't know if I can trust him at this with the such stakes on the line here. I think the Cowboys' secondary has grown up quite a bit this season, and now they're fully healthy, so 
I'd like all of all of those guys to play, especially like Nick talked about with game flow. Uh, I, if you're holding on to Theo Riddick and you want to play him, I, I hope he does play. I think he's certainly a nice – he's got that PPR floor that we always talk about if he does play. So I really like Riddick if he does play. Back on the Cole Beasley train, uh, I think Detroit is going to – put Slay on Dez, which could not be good news for Dez, but that conversely that could really help uh, really help uh, Cole Beasley as you know, Sterling Shepard had a good game last week against Detroit, so maybe that maybe Beasley has a, has a better game. Uh, uh, say yes to Jason Witten. Ten catches last week. I uh, only had 51 yards. Still ten catches. He's got to love that PPR floor. DeAndre Levy finally back. Eight solos last week, even though to hear Whitehead had ten and Tavon Wilson chipped in with seven and two two assists. Uh, all three of those guys are great plays. Um, and like I mentioned before, with the Dallas secondary, uh, you know maybe you don't have room to start the corners, but Barry Church and Byron Jones, you got to play those guys this week. Those guys, that that is a, such a great tandem uh, there in Dallas. So I love love both of those guys. And we got through all the games like right on time. Like, what do you think? Yeah, that's a rarity, right? <laughs> <laughs> so we will patch our ATS wizard through. Did I call him wizard? What do I usually call him? Chuck, are you there? You can call me a lizard. I don't care. Oh, wizard. <laughs> oh, wizard. I'm sorry, the wizard. wizard. The lizard wizard. Um, <laughs> I think we used to call our old guy the, the wizard. I don't know where that came from. But you're our, you're the odd man, so. We have a thing in our family, anybody who, uh, you know, the, the people in our family who, like, go out for bargains and will try to pay a few bucks less, you know, we call them lizards. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm a proud lizard. I'm a bargain hunter. It's in, it's in your blood. It's in your blood. <laughs> <sighs> got to ask you about something uh, fantasy-wise. First of all, I got beat all last right. week in my uh, semifinals. Yeah, well, you know, when you have a week when your defense is the top scorer on your team, then probably not going to win the game. <laughs> Although I had the, I had the Patriots, yeah. and they scored 19 points as a defense, and, and that's not bad for a defense. But still, you know, I had Brady and, uh, and Le'Veon Bell, and uh, no, no, nobody did much of anything. Anyway, to my question, uh, I just picked up uh, Eric Ebron in place of Ladarius Green. In my starting lineup. Any opinions? Oh, I'm a, I'm one of the biggest Ebron fans alive, so I I like it. Um, might be a, well, you know, Cameron Brait had a really good game. I think I think he's a little bit more more mobile than Brait, and I know a couple of yeah, guys got after me for. But but uh, but Ebron was available. Let me put it that way. <laughs> he was the best guy available. Oh, yeah. No, no, and I I would I would certainly like. Ebron over Brait, actually. I think a couple of guys yelled at me because I did say Brait. I said Brait wasn't going to have a good game, but apparently Dallas gives up a lot of points to tight end, so there you are. Yeah, yeah, they do. Well, that there. was a factor, but um, also Ebron's one of those guys that I've seen him picked up and dropped about five times this year in our league. He seems to always disappoint somebody after after they, uh, you know, and, and, have, and have high expectations, but you know what the heck? This is just a third place game, so I'm rolling the dice, right? Yes, sir. I like it. All right. Well, uh, I didn't have anything to brag about last week, but you guys sure did. You had a good. Uh, both of you had good weeks, Josh. I think yours was the best. You were thirteen and three, and that is pretty darn good. Wow. 
Um, <laughs> Nick was ten and six, and I was the opposite. I was six and ten. You know, it's kind of strange on a week where I actually won a six-team teaser. I was the worst in our league on, in, in records. You know, I guess those. <laughs> Do you know what a, a teaser is one where you get six points either way, but you have to bet a lot of teams yeah. under smaller odds? It's kind of a lizard play, but uh, I ended up winning a six-teamer this week. and uh, oh. But uh, still, I ended up on the bottom of the rung. But the great news is, and I think I told you last week I was going to do a, a three-team parlay on our, on our sweeps, and I didn't do it, mm-hmm. and all three came through. The Miami Dolphins. Three we, yeah, we had the Dolphins, we had the Tennessee Titans, and we had Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay was a little shaky, right? They they lost by six. They were set six six and a half point underdogs, or seven yeah. and a half. Oh, yeah, what six were they? seven? Yeah, yeah. I think they were seven. I think it was a solid touchdown. So yeah, I knew we yeah, got that what, one. Yeah. And what did they lose by? I can't remember. Six. It was twenty-six. Oh, six, okay. Or yeah, points. it was. Yeah. It was a very close one there. But anyway, congratulations to all three of us, I guess, on our uh, our sweeps last week. People would be uh, people would be uh, richer this week if they took our advice on the sweeps, right? Yes, sir. All right, you guys ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. I do want to mention this. <laughs> these are these are the last pick. These are the last picks. Nick will make as a single man. He's getting married tomorrow. Oh, you got to be kidding! Congratulations, out are you getting married in Hawaii? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh man, no better place. Well, congratulations, yeah. Nick. Yeah, thanks and a our lot. condolences to that. the young lady. <laughs> 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 I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, <laughs> I only know what I so know of Nick a- on this program, and he's a fine gentleman. <laughs> uh, this is a, a bachelor party of ATS picks, if you will. I guess, yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay, Thursday night game. The New York Giants are in Philadelphia. I've had some. I found some tough ones this week. The Giants are favored by two and a half uh, at Philadelphia on Thursday. Whew. That seems that seems about right. I'll, I think uh, we saw the Philly try to play spoiler last week and they just couldn't pull it out. But I I think the Giants just have too much to play for. So I'll I'll go with the. Uh, I'll go with the Giants. Nick, what do you think? Uh, I agree with you, Josh. The Giants do have a lot to play for, and that loss last week by Philly to the to the Ravens by one point had to be kind of a heartbreaking loss in what's already been a uh, rough season for the Eagles. So, yeah, I, I think they'll probably have a little bit of a down week because of that, so I've got to go with the Giants. Yeah, the uh, the Eagles are 0-4 in the division, and uh, – the team, I think the teams have figured out Carson Wentz. I think that's the whole deal with that. When they started out, when they started out three and zero, uh, and not good since then. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, and and take the Giants, even though this this divisional game and the Eagles, with the only thing left to do is spoil the Giants' season, that could come into play. But I'm still I've still got to take the Giants. I you know I I think Eli I think they're in their uh, in their late season push. And the Giants are kind of famous for that. So let's go ahead and take the Giants. And uh, Nick, you took the Giants too, right? That's correct. Yes. Yeah, okay. we all did. Well, we we have a sweep to start the start things out. Okay. Um, and we have all the games on Saturday this week, just about. So the the bulk of the games is on yeah. Saturday on Christmas Eve. And the first game we'll look at on Saturday is uh, my Chicago Bears at home against the Washington Redskins, and uh, the Redskins are. 
on the road as three and a half point favorites. And I guess so I got to go first, first here. You were next. Yeah. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Uh, you know what? <laughs> I'm always going last, so I'll go first here and give you guys a chance okay. to shoot at me here. <laughs> um, Washington. Oh, I, I love that second of a suspense there. Uh boy. Uh, the Redskins <laughs> were kind of exposed last week by the by the Panthers. Um, I, you know, I th- I think the Bears. This does mean something to the Bears because I don't think I think it said that uh, no Bears team has finished worse than four and four and twelve. So they need a win to to uh, to, to keep from setting some ignominious record. So I'm going to go ahead and take the Bears. <laughs> Plus the points. I think I think they're coming on, which always happens with the Bears at the end of the season. Whoever their quarterback is has a great last two or three games, and then they'll say, "Oh, we have our starter for next year," and then they just do the same thing the year after that. So everybody's thinking Matt Barkley is just like the second coming now, uh, and we'll go ahead and go with that, and I'll take the Bears plus the points. All right, Nick, what do you think? Uh, unfortunately, I have to agree with you, Chuck. I, I got to take the Bears. I just have no confidence in this uh, Redskins pass defense, especially going up against a quarterback, Matt Barkley, who's coming off a 360-yard game. I, I just, I'm surprised the Redskins are favored by that much. So I have to go with Chicago. Okay. What what was the the spread now? Three and a half. You got that hook there, Josh. Um, I think the Redskins have something to play for. and I guess I should rephrase that. I think Kirk Cousins has something to play for. And I don't think he's going to show that he's going to quit on this franchise because he wants to remain there and get that big paycheck. So I'm going to go with Washington. I think I think they make a statement in this game. They might not make the playoffs, but I think they make a, a, a nice statement in this game. So I'll go with Washington. It's never a bad choice to go against the Bears, Josh. We can't, uh, we can't fall you for that. <laughs> Is that, is okay. that your Vegas opinion? <laughs> That's right. You can never. Uh, well, I don't, I don't. I don't want to say you can never go wrong going against the Bears, but you could never be criticized for going against the Bears. How's that? Yes, okay. Uh, Buffalo Bills are at home against Miami, and the Bills are favored by four. Wow. It's, I I think Miami's got too much to play for. So I'll I'll take the Dolphins in this one. I think it's going to be a, a close. Contested game, but if you're giving me that many points, I'm going to take the I'm going to take that four all the time. Nick, what do you think? I think the schedule makers must hate Miami. I know they're division rivals, but doesn't it seem like every year Miami has to go up and play Buffalo in a cold weather game at the end of the season? So yeah, just because of the weather factor, I think I'm going to lean with Buffalo in this one. Yeah, I'm going to go with Nick here. Um, Matt Moore came in in that. Uh, in that downpour game against uh, Arizona didn't show a whole lot for people to hang their hat on for people to plan on. Now last week he went up and they, they beat the, Oh, ooh, the, the big New York jets. He had a good game against the jets. Uh, <laughs> Buffalo, Buffalo will figure out uh, Matt Moore this week. And I hate to say it, but I, you know, I, cause I'm kind of rooting for the dolphins. I want them to get back in. But uh, I think Buffalo, you know, I think you'll find that when Buffalo wins at home, that they win convincingly. And I'm going to go ahead and take Buffalo minus the four points here. Okay. I I do feel what you guys are saying there because I'm always a Buffalo at home guy. But I think Miami just got too much on the line. Yeah, it's going to be freezing. Mm. 
what do they say with the oh, fins up? <laughs> the fins are going to be up because they're going to be frozen this week. Um, okay, there's another game. This was an early game, but it's been moved to 125, just so everybody knows. Tampa Bay is at New Orleans. Excuse me, uh, 425 Eastern time. 125 Pacific. And, Nick, out there, 1025? Uh, 1125 this time. 1125, Okay. Uh, Tampa Bay is at New Orleans, and the Saints are favored by three over the Red Hot Buccaneers. Okay. Um, wow. That's home love there for the Saints. Uh, Tampa, you know, looked a little bit vulnerable last week. Nick needs, Nick's Washington Redskins need Tampa to lose, so... Why not? I mean, let's say let's say just because Drew Brees played this team two weeks ago, I think that, that you never want to play Drew Brees two weeks after you just played him and contained him to eleven points. So I'll, I'll take the Saints in this game, Nick. What do you think? It's tempting to go with New Orleans to take, to play the spoiler and ruin Tampa Bay's season, but I just think the Buccaneers have too much to play for, and I think they're a better team in general. Plus, the Redskins have no luck, so when we need teams to lose, they usually win. So uh, I got to go with Tampa Bay. Remember, we've been talking for the past few weeks about the fact that Tampa Bay was uh, undefeated against the spread and straight up when Doug Martin was in the lineup. Well, they just. Uh, Lost their first game with Doug Martin, but they did beat the spread last week. So Tampa Bay is still undefeated against the spread when Doug Martin's in the lineup. So um, I'm going to go ahead and and stay with a hot team. That loss last week doesn't really count as a loss because Tampa Bay went toe-to-toe with Dallas, and they're a good team. So um, I I know it's tough to beat a team twice in a year, but I'm going to take the Buccaneers. All right. Okay, the Atlanta Falcons are in uh, Carolina to play the Panthers, and the Falcons on the road are favored by two and a half. Wow. Um, Is Julio playing? That's the question that everybody would like to know. I, I think if, even if he plays, it's not he's not a factor. So I, I think uh, – I'm gonna go Carolina in this game. I don't know. They 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 have the chance to to knock Atlanta down a peg. They beat them last time out. That was the game that Cam left, as I mentioned earlier. Let's let's go with the home team dog. We'll take the Panthers plus the two and a half there. Nick, what do you think? I'm going the other way. I think the Panthers gave it 100% uh, to get that win for pride's sake last week, but that may mean, may mean that they don't have a whole lot left in the tank. Uh, Atlanta, of course, still has a whole lot to play for uh, with nine wins. They're not only battling for the division, but if the Giants were to lose a game and they were to win out, they could possibly sneak into a first-round bye. So i got to go with the Falcons. Carolina looked really good last week. Um but it was, again, on national TV and uh, against a team that doesn't have uh, – that uh, – what am I trying to say? It doesn't have the near the passing attack that Atlanta has and the wide-open attack. Uh, Carolina's weakness has been in their, in their secondary, and I think Atlanta will exploit that. And uh, we'll look for the Falcons to get a big win on the road here. So I'm going to go ahead and take Atlanta. Minnesota Vikings are in Green Bay to take on the Packers. Now, the Packers 
at Lambeau Field are favored by six and a half points, not quite a touchdown. Well, yeah, excuse me, a touchdown and a 33-yard extra point. (laughs) (laughs) Let me check the spread and make sure it's still that, Josh. Let's see. Yeah, Green Bay, six and a half. Wow. Just a minute. Yeah, I'll just take Green Bay. I don't don't know. I don't know if Minnesota has has anything left in them to play spoiler. So I'll I'll uh, I'll take I'll take them. I'll take Green Bay to take this one down. Nick, what do you think? Yeah, I'm with you. You know, a month or two ago, I probably would have leaned towards Minnesota, but I just don't think they have anything left. They got just demoralized by the Colts last week, uh, down 27 nothing at halftime. So yeah, I, I just I have no faith in the Vikings right now. So got to go with Green Bay, even though that is a pretty big point spread for a cold weather game. Yeah, for a divisional cold-weather game, too, Nick. Uh, it's a good point. But the Vikings, uh, a lot of people don't realize the Vikings aren't good anymore. They they started out 5-0, and but since then since then they're 2-7. and And, you know, it used to be all they had was their defense. Well, what happened to their defense last week? If they don't have a defense, they don't have anything. Um, have they given up? If, if we ever see that they haven't given up, it would be against the Packers here, but... Uh, you know, now that they started playing indoors in their home games, they're getting kind of soft, I think. Uh, now they got to go outside to play at Lambeau, and I'm going to go ahead and take the Packers. Um, kind of have to take a, a, a big swallow and uh, kind of gulp when you, uh, when you take a divisional team as a six-and-a-half-point favorite. But I, I think if anybody can do it. The, and the Packers are going the opposite way that the, that the Vikings are going. You know, they, they've won I don't know how many, but uh, <clears throat> they've gotten hot later in the year. So let's go ahead and take the Packers here. I like the way they look. Right. New York Jets are up next. Yeah, that was a clean sweep. So we have the Giants and the Packers so far. Now, the New York Jets are on the road against New England, and the Patriots are favored by 16.5 points. <laughs> uh, and that's in, in, it's in New England. Mm-hmm. I, you'd like to think that's too many points, but I'd... I know Belichick never spoils a chance to just demoralize one of their division opponents. So I, I'll, I'll take the Patriots and don't really feel too bad about it. Nick, what do you think? I agree with you, and it's tough. I didn't look at the point spreads before the show, so I, in my head I was thinking right around 16 points is where I would set my limit. But, that, yeah, just 16 and a half, I, I think, especially with Bryce Petty, not fully 100%. So, uh, yeah, I, I have to deal with the Patriots to win this one in a blowout. Well, I certainly hope the Patriots blow them out and just keep blowing them out for Tom Brady's. Uh, you know, maybe we'll have another butt fumble, and I'll get a, a touchdown for my defense in this game. There um, you go. <laughs> I, I still – here's my thinking on this, and it may be erroneous, but this is the type the, the time of year when – New England kind of takes their foot off the gas and gives guys a rest at the end of the game. So I, I see a possibility for a backdoor cover for the Jets. So I think they're going to uh, just keep it close enough. So I'm going to take the Jets plus that big point spread here and uh, 
And I <laughs> okay. I no more. I won't say anything more. I'll take the Jets plus the points. Moving along to Tennessee and Jacksonville, the Titans are uh, in Jacksonville, and the Titans are five point favorites on the road. Can I just say I knew you were going to take the Jets there. I feel it. <laughs> Good. <laughs> well, uh, I'm a lizard, so I'll, I'm looking bargain shopping. There. I'll take sixteen and a half yeah, there points. You go. <laughs> yeah. Um, I. I missed the spread he said for this next one, but I don't. It doesn't really matter. Tennessee's gonna destroy Jacksonville, so I'll take I'll take Tennessee. What is it? Twelve and a half? Whatever. Tennessee all the way. Five. <laughs> next we go. Five. Oh yeah. Woo. Yeah, yeah. Five points. You got to take that all day long. Uh, Blake Bortles just he's. I can't believe how bad he's regressed this year. So yeah, got to go with Tennessee. Jacksonville has played some tight games at home this year. They almost beat the Packers. They've uh, they played people close. Um, I'm going to go with the new coach factor here, you know, a new coach. To, I, I know it didn't work for the Rams, but that was on a four-day week, you know. and uh, and um, In Seattle. Uh, yeah, and it was in Seattle. But I, Doug Marone is a good coach. Remember when he was at Buffalo? Didn't they want him to stay or, or something like that? He was, he was, uh, he just, the guys play for him. And uh, so I'm going to look for a good effort from the Jaguars this week. They haven't got much to lose, much more to lose. Uh, let's go with the Jags uh, to to kind of uh, kind of turn uh, turn the tables on everybody's thinking. Because, um, well, like you say, I would think Tennessee would be favored. And, and my first impression was that Tennessee's about due for a big win. You know, they haven't had a big win in a while, but um, uh, I don't see it here. Uh, but I do like Tennessee, and I and I would really, really like to see them in the playoffs. I'll take Jacksonville to keep it close. San Diego Chargers are on the road against Cleveland. Is this your uh, Who Cares game here? Oh, we have what we have the Who Cares game. We have that coming up, don't we? <laughs> okay, the Chargers. Uh, the Chargers favored yeah. by six. <laughs> No, this one's close. This one's really close. It it sure is. Chargers are at Cleveland, and I guess, you know what, this is not a who cares game because we're all looking to see if Cleveland can win their first game. Chargers favored by six. Yeah, I saw something where the Detroit fans, or the Detroit 0-16 players are cheering for Cleveland, but I didn't read the article. I don't know if they're cheering for them to tie them or cheering for them to win. Uh, but uh, Now, if Cleveland wins, do they pop the corks on the champagne bottles? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like the Dolphins yeah. do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, they unscrew a, a well. bottle of Mad Dog 2020, I think, is what they do. <laughs> Uh, boxes of wine for everybody. Um, I, I, I want to be. I want to be the person that calls it. So why not? I am, and I'm a glutton for punishment. And you never know with San Diego, right? Give me Cleveland. Give me that home team dog. Let's go Brown. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, Josh, I did see that same article as you, and the Detroit Lions, the 0 and 16 Lions, are rooting for the Browns to win a game because they don't want anybody else to have to deal with the pain of going to 0-16 was basically what the article was all about. But unfortunately for the Browns, I do think that they're going 0-16, and I think the Chargers are good enough to beat them by a touchdown, even on the road, even with the the Robert Griffin 
and the threat he provides running the ball, I just don't think it's going to be enough. So I've got to go to San Diego. Okay, this is an automatic pick for me because remember when I picked the Browns to win their first game against the Bengals a couple weeks ago, and I said I wouldn't pick the Browns the rest of the year. So it's it's an easy one for me, San Diego. Sorry, fellas. Okay, moving on to the right. rest of the late <laughs> the rest <laughs> of the late games. Uh, we had the one one late game earlier in the show. We talked about Tampa Bay and New Orleans. Um, the next one is the Indianapolis Colts in Oakland against the Raiders and the Raiders. Josh, you have to give up the hook if you're going to take the Raiders this week. Uh, Raiders three and a half. I saw that, and uh, I respect. I really do. So I will. Uh, uh, I just gonna. I'm just gonna love to be wrong. So I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take the Colts. I feel like it's just a three point three three point two point game. So I love to be wrong. It loans it's not wrong twice. So I'll I'll take the Colts. Nick, what do you think? Yeah, I know the Colts are only one game back in their division, but still, they're seven and seven. They're a 500 team going on the road to face an 11 and three team. Uh, I, I just cannot pick the Colts. I, I got to go with the Raiders to win this one by at least four points, if not closer to seven or ten. Well, let me read you uh, the Colts on the road this year. Most recently, at the Vikings, they win 34 to six. At the Jets, they win 41 to ten. At Green Bay, they win 31-26. At Tennessee, they win 34-26. Their only loss on the road uh, outdoors was at Denver early in the year. The Colts, for being an indoor team, they are playing like champions when they go outdoors and play on uh, on uh, natural turf. So I'm going to go ahead and go with you, Josh, there. I'll take the Colts. I'm, I've been impressed with their uh, their road prowess this year. So let's take Indy. All right, move along to the Who Cares game, I assume, Josh. San Francisco, the 49ers are in L.A. to play the Rams. Oh, you know, I've, I've been meaning to refer to uh, the Raiders as Las Vegas Raiders, you know, so I'm sorry. I get <laughs> Indianapolis will uh, will stay within three and a half points of the Las Vegas Raiders. <laughs> oh, That's all right. I jumped the guns. That's all right. It led nicely the, into this. I had this. my finger on the button. Yeah. <laughs> San Francisco is at L.A. The Rams started out as three-and-a-half-point favorites. They've been bet up to four. So if you take the Rams, isn't that sad to say if you take the Rams, you have to give four points? <laughs> I'm, taking, I'm taking the Rams. Uh, they they were humiliated week one by like four touchdowns to San Francisco, and that was the last time San Francisco won. Yeah. How how can the Rams go in go go with that? And they're both both San Francisco wins were to to the Rams. Nowhere. Todd Gurley owners. This is like I said earlier. This is the game that you've been dreaming for. Oh, and guess what? It just happens to be Championship Week 16. So. Uh, you got you got to love it. I'll I'll take the Rams. I, I I don't know why I have so much confidence in it, but I just think it's a good matchup. Nick, what do you think? Yeah, it is a lot of points for the Rams, but San Francisco is giving up more points per game than anybody else in the NFL. Plus, uh, their rush defense is worse by 20 yards. So, yeah, it, like you said, good week for Todd Gurley owners, and he should be able to carry them to a a victory by at least four points, probably more than that. 
Remember when we talked about the coaching change and uh, the Rams had the coaching change, but they had a Thursday night game at Seattle? I think this one's going to count <coughs> Excuse me for their coaching change game. Uh, they've had long enough to get acclimated to Fossil. Uh, he's probably going to uh, ignite a, a, a little bit of uh, a little bit of fire in the guys. And if he can't get up for uh, a game like this, a divisional game, and probably there is this their last home game, or do they have another one? But nonetheless, they want to put on a show for the people in uh, in L.A. So I I really think the Rams can do it here. I'll I'll take the Rams. All right, a sweep. The Rams. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. It hurts. Huh? All right, it the hurts. Arizona Cardinals uh, get to especially go to Seattle this week. Yeah. What's that? I said it hurts, especially since they're favored. Yeah, I know. Well, you know, heck, it's got as good a chance as anything. Arizona Cardinals are in Seattle. Seattle favored by eight. What happened to the Cardinals this year, Josh? Oh. I I asked that question when I watched them play football every week. I don't know. They just uh they especially that defense is just just brutal. Um uh yeah, what what was the spread? I'm sure it was ridiculous. Eight points. What was it? Eight, Eight points. That a seems about right. a two point conversion. Is it possible to avenge a tie? Doesn't that what say Seattle can do? Arizona's out of it. They don't really have anything to play for. I, yeah, I'll I'll take Seattle. Nick, what do you think? Well, real quick on the last game, I think instead of saying that we swept for the Rams, we should just say we swept against the 49ers, and that makes it sound a lot smarter. <laughs> I think. But uh, yeah, that anyway, sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> I got to go with Seattle, even even though it's a pretty big point spread. You know, they're still playing, trying to trying to uh, get their way into a home field advantage type of situation. I know they're behind the Giants right now by a half a game, but, yeah, i, I got to go with the Seahawks. They just have way too much to play for. Plus, you know, Seattle at home, it's it's tough to go against that. Of all the teams that can go into Seattle, Arizona has, uh, and, 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 uh, and, and playing closer win, <clears throat> Arizona uh, knows how to do it. Um, I remember a couple of years ago the Cardinals did not have much to play for, and they went up there and they uh, they beat Seattle. Totally surprised everybody. Bruce Arians is the kind of guy who will not let his team let up. Uh, they're going to keep playing. So I'm going to take Arizona to uh, to be very competitive in this game. And if they lose, it'll be by some fluke uh, pick six or something at the end of the game. But I'm going to take uh, I'm going to take Arizona to stay within that point spread. We do have a Saturday night football game this week, you guys. The Christmas Eve game. Well, you think players are are interested in playing on Christmas Eve when Santa's supposed to be coming and everything? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know because they played on Christmas Day a few years ago, so I, I don't know. I don't know if they would prefer one or the other. Cincinnati Bengals are in Houston, and the uh, Houston Texans are favored. Now this was one and a half, and it got bet down to one. So a lot of people on Cincinnati early. Uh, Houston Texans favored by one at home against the Bengals. Wow. Just one point. So I'm I'm pretty comfortable with Houston taking that taking that game. Since he just doesn't have it in him right now. 
they they looked to have a little bit of fight last week, but then they just gave it all away. So I'll take I'll take uh, the Tom Savage led Houston Texans. Nick, what do you think? Well, first, I think that uh, the NFL choosing to put the last Christmas Eve game and the first Christmas Day game, uh, both the NFL Network exclusives, uh, it seems like kind of a Grinch move for uh, those of us who live in markets that do not carry NFL Network. Uh, but as far as this game goes, I think if if Osweiler was playing, this would probably be like a two- to three-point Cincinnati favorite, I would guess. Uh, but with Tom Savage, yeah, he the Houston Texans are a decent team, and if they have a decent quarterback, they can beat most opponents. So I think Savage is decent decent enough for them to get the win here. Oh, boy, you guys. I'm going to go ahead and go with the Bengals. I'm, I'm just going to suck it up this week again. Um, I, think, I think they're going to expose Savage this week. I mean, there was a reason why he hasn't been the starter. I mean, uh, you know, O'Brien made that comment, we don't, we don't play the guy who makes the most money. We play the guy who's best at the position. Well, that isn't saying much if he hasn't been the number one quarterback all year. Uh, the Bengals uh, have a whole half to look at what Tom Savage does, and they will stop him. Uh, the Bengals are good against their third in the league against wide receivers in uh, in fantasy uh, lingo. It is a national game. If it wasn't a national game, Cincinnati, I don't think they would uh, you would care that much. But I think they're going to care how they look in front of everybody. So let's take the Bengals to knock off the Texans here. Or at least right. tie and win with the one point, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, here we go. Uh, a couple of Sunday games, Christmas Day, and this is so great that we have Sunday football because that means I don't have to watch basketball games all day. <laughs> the Baltimore Ravens are in Pittsburgh. This is a great game. It's going to be a great game. Pittsburgh favored by five and a half, guys. Hmm. Wow. I just feel like that's too many points. Baltimore doesn't let up for anybody. That's that's just too many points. I'll, I'll take Baltimore in this one, Nick. What do you think? Uh, I hate to say it, but I think I agree with you. Uh, I'll be rooting for Pittsburgh, especially having Antonio Brown in my lineup for my championship game. But, yeah, that Baltimore defense is for real. I think they can keep this one close. To pro- this is probably more of a field goal late at the end of the game type of game. So five and a half, it's, it's like you said, it's too many points. Yeah, I'm the same as you, Nick. I'm rooting for Le'Veon Bell, so I'm hoping that Pittsburgh uh, puts a lot of points on the board. But Baltimore is really, really a good defense, man. Uh, Pittsburgh does better at home than they do on the road, um, although they haven't been. You know, they've, they've dropped a couple of them at home this year. But I still think Baltimore is going to keep it close. These uh, these games are wars when Baltimore and Pittsburgh play, so it's always it's always fun to watch <laughs> watch guys get into fights and stuff like that but uh i i i think it'll be a it'll be a hard-fought game i'm going to go ahead and take uh, go with you guys and we'll sweep it with the baltimore ravens all right now it's five right five and a half five and a half I like it even more. yeah weird point spread i hate the five and a half point games um all right, uh, the Sunday night game is Denver at Kansas City, and the Chiefs favored by three and a half here. Wow. At Kansas City, I suppose that makes sense. Um, wow. Denver can play spoiler. Man, I, I don't know. I just don't think Denver has an answer to stop 
the running game of Kansas City, and Alex Smith is such a quick decision maker, and yeah, there's Vaughn Miller's not going to take over. So I'll take Kansas City in this one. Nick, what do you think? Yeah, you mentioned Denver has a chance to play spoiler, but I don't know when you're coming off a Super Bowl win, I don't know how much interest your team as a whole has in being a spoiler instead of, you know, a playoff contender. So I don't put a whole lot of faith in that for this game. So just because Kansas City's got, you know, playoffs on the line and stuff like that, I'm going to go with the Chiefs. Plus that arrowhead advantage. Well, guys, I don't think the Broncos are out of it. Um, I think they – Hang on a second. I found something great in my paper today. Let's see. Broncos, uh, yeah, they they aren't in control of their destiny, but the the only thing they can do is win and see what happens to everybody else. So um, I don't look for them to quit. I look for them to pay back for that game in Denver in uh, that kind of weird overtime game when they lost on a field goal. Uh, great game and when I can get more than a field goal between these two teams I'll take the points I'll take the Broncos plus three and a half here and Monday night football right. the Detroit Lions are in Dallas and the Cowboys once again you know like last week seven point favorites seven wow uh, um it's just I as much as I want to take Dallas, it just seems like too many points and I don't know how Detroit's gonna do it, but I'll I'll take I'll take Detroit plus the points. Nick, what do you think? You know, at first glance I agree, it does sound like too many points, but then you look at Detroit lost by eleven to uh, the Giants last week. I think the Cowboys are a much better team than the Giants. Other than head to head of course. But uh um, <laughs> yeah, I I have to go with the Cowboys in this one. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Cowboys also here, and I, yeah, I'm normally not convinced the Cowboys are that great a team, but but they are a good team, and I think, you know, more than a lot of teams at the end of the season when they have you know a playoff spot wrapped up, they'll maybe cruise a little bit, but I think Dallas needs a confident win. I don't think they've been beating people how they want to beat people. And if they get a chance, they're going to they're they're, they're going to keep going in this game. So um, I'll look for Dallas to have a convincing win. So uh, I'm going to take the Cowboys. I have one more point spread for you guys. I forgot to mention this. They have this uh, every week on the uh, little point spread sheet that I get at the casinos. But uh, we do have odds on the Super Bowl, and you can take the AFC team or the NFC team. And at this moment. The AFC is favored by three points, whoever the AFC team is against whoever the NFC team is. But uh, you can bet on the Super Bowl right now and take the AFC wow. minus three. Okay. I also read somewhere that you can bet on where Tony Roma is going to play quarterback next year. Have you seen that yet? <laughs> no, I've not seen that. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't sound like a bet they would have in Las Vegas because somebody can have inside information on that and have an advantage yeah. on that one. But uh, nonetheless, that is an interesting prop. Um, so who do you, I mean, are, are they, when they say AFC is favored by three, are they planning on the Patriots making it the Super Bowl against like, uh, oh, like the Cowboys? Seattle. Is that, is that the assumption there? Yeah, maybe Seattle too. I would imagine yeah. Seattle's probably still the favorite. Um, but mm-hmm. I think, I think the Patriots would be favored over either team by three. That makes sense. 
What do you think, Sonic? Yeah, I agree with you, but uh, it would be interesting if Oakland were to sneak in there. Oakland's only one game back in New England. Uh, do you think they would also be three-point favorites if that was the matchup, Oakland versus either Dallas or Seattle? Well, that's what – see, a lot of the smart bettors will, will take this game thinking that there's going to be somebody else in there. Let's see. Let's say they think Oakland is going to be the Super Bowl representative. Then they'll take the NFC plus the points. Then when the game comes along, and let's see somebody's favored by six points, maybe the Cowboys are favored by five or six points over the, uh, over the Raiders, then they'll try to hit the middle. They'll take the Raiders plus the five or six, and they've already got the, uh, the NFC team plus three. That's the way they do it around hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Okay. But you have to speculate Edge, that the, the Patriots back. aren't going to make it. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. Hmm. We'll recap the uh, sweeps okay. we had this week. The Giants, we all took the Giants minus two and a half over Philadelphia. We all took the Packers minus six and a half against Minnesota. We all took the Rams minus four against San Francisco. And we all took the Ravens plus five and a half. So one underdog and three favorites this week. And just to be sure, we all took the Rams. Or as Nick said, we all bet against San Francisco, and that was the yep. Los Angeles Rams. You not are correct. The Colorado State Rams. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, before I go, uh, I just want to tell everybody Merry Christmas. It's been fun this year. Now, no show next week, right? Correct. Yep. Okay. Have a great Christmas, okay. you guys. Yes, you too, you Chuck. Too, Thank Chuck. You. Go Bengals. <laughs> Uh, go Browns. Cleveland's going to be getting themselves a Christmas present. Um, and like I said, most, most championships are decided this week. So me and Nick, of course, will be celebrating our championships, uh, next week. So that's why we're not going to have a show. Also Christmas and family, kids home from school, blah, blah, blah. My birthday, Nick's wedding. Yeah, we got some things going on. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, uh, Nick. Good luck to you and uh, your championship, and I would like to say the same thing to everybody out there listening. Hope you hope you bring home the gold on uh, on this wonderful Christmas weekend. Yep. Good luck to you as well, and Merry Christmas, everybody. Yes, Merry Christmas. I uh, hope you have have a good, safe holiday, and not too cold to wherever you're at. So that is all we have for you this week. This has been the Dynasty Pulse. Essentially signing off until the playoffs, and actually, actually, this will be our last show of 2016. So we will talk to you, friendly folks, uh, next year, and by that I mean a couple of weeks. So thank you. Take care. Goodbye. Merry Christmas. <laughs>